Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe. I'm pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and uh, we want to welcome you this time of our streaming. We're going to have some worship here, and the worship is coming from uh, some video music that we have from Believers Fellowship Church in Magnolia, and uh, the worship leader's name is Daryl Lott, and we want to thank uh, Believers Fellowship for allowing us to use this time of worship. So as we begin this morning, we're going to pray, and then we're going to have some worship. We want you to worship right where you are, there in your home, and uh, it's exciting to come together today, and uh, we're just grateful for our God, because He is with us and He's with us. He never leaves us, nor forsakes us. And so today I pray that you would be aware of His presence and His love and you would be able to enter into a realm of worship, uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, like maybe you never have before. And so let's pray that that would happen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this day that You've given us. We thank You for the privilege of being able to come together in the precious and holy and magnificent name of Jesus. And we ask you today, Father, that you would speak to us. We want to encounter you. We want to worship you just like we will when we get to heaven, dear Lord. Enter around the throne of grace and give you praise. And may our worship be lifted up before the throne of grace this day. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. We ask you to come in each home, each person's lives and manifest your presence, Holy Spirit. And ask that you would reveal Jesus to our hearts this day. And we ask you, Father, today that through your word, that it would touch our hearts, speak to us change us dear Lord and Lord do those things that you desired and dear God today we'll give you the praise and the honor so come and and Lord touch us and bless us this day as we speak your word as we gather together in Jesus name we pray amen
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Shakes a whole earth with holy thunder. 
was breathless in on wonder King of glory, the King above all Amazing grace, this is unfailing love. If you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. If you lay down your life, then I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for. All that you've done for me Who brings our chaos Back into order Who makes the orphan A son and daughter The king of glory The king of glory Who rules the name with truth and justice Shines like the sun In all of its brilliance The King of glory The King above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross your life, that I would be set free, oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. have been, been on my heart now for uh, several weeks about God's grace. I want to share some thoughts with you, and I pray that it will be encouraging to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We praise you. And we know, Lord, today that you're here with us, and we thank you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, today for the churches today that are doing live stream through their worship, through their uh, the worship teams, but also through the messages that will go forth into 
uh, all over the world, dear Lord. In fact, we believe, dear Lord, Your Word is, is permeating the earth today because we know today that is who You are. You love people. And we ask You today to let this message go forth and touch people's lives to encourage one another. We pray, Father, today that You would cover this coronavirus in the blood of Jesus, dear Lord, that You would stop it. And dear God, today You would cover those who are in harm's way, those in the medical community and beyond in the blood of Jesus. But Lord, we're asking today that You would cover each one of us in the blood of Jesus and that You would protect us. And dear God, today that You would provide for us. And and dear Lord, we ask You that uh, jobs would again begin to open up, that Lord, this openness that we're talking about would again take place that people may be able to support their families and be able to get back into the mainstream of life. We just ask You, Father, through all of these things, may Jesus be lifted on high. And we pray, Father, whatever is, is happening theologically, we have all these thoughts about that. But dear God, today You're on Your throne and You're sovereign and You rule and reign. And so we're looking to You, Lord, today. Thank You, Lord, today that You're working things out according to Your your highest purposes, even in the midst of crises in all over the world, but also in our individual lives. We ask You, Father, today, those who are, are, are moving without hope today, we ask You, Lord, by the power of Your Spirit, that You would impart hope to their hearts, that they, Lord, would not do something, Lord, that would bring harm to themselves or to families or all the things that we see happening today because of the stress and the loneliness and the things that we know, Lord, are, are, are being played out by the enemy of our souls. We ask You today, Father, that You would touch them, bring hope, speak to their hearts, show, reveal Yourself, Father, today. We ask You that, that we would all have a phileo encounter of the love of our Father for each one of us, dear Lord. We pray that today. Thank You, Father, for Your grace, Your amazing grace. We sing it, we teach it, we shout it. We praise You forever for Your amazing grace. So, Lord, today we ask You the things that are spoken would come straight from Your heart to Your children, dear God, that it would move us and we would know the real, the real meaning, the real heartfelt meaning of what Your grace means to each one of us. May You be forever praised and glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> this is going to be a three-week series on uh, grace. Uh, this first week entitled Your Great Grace. Next week will be Unlimited Grace. And then the next week will be Transforming Grace. Grace, grace. We, we sing about it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. We want to talk about it today because understanding grace is very important. You have your understanding of grace. It's important to know that these things can either strengthen you or you can walk around in weakness. And God wants us to be strong in the might of His Word, His presence in our lives. And so, our Scripture today is taken from Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. I'm going to read it. It talks about God's grace. Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. We're talking about your Great grace. God's great grace. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. And David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. 
Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, and blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. I'm so glad for God's amazing grace. And I've been listening to a song by Matt Redman, Your Grace Finds Me. And I'll read the words to it here at the end of this message. And maybe you want to pull it up on YouTube. But it's very revealing as far as the meaning of grace. Your grace finds us. And God's grace found me. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ today, and you're listening to this message, God's grace found you also. If you're not a believer today, I want to encourage you that you will uh, receive Jesus into your life, to ask Him to come into your life and save you, that you'll know you have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and all along, you'll be thankful for His grace because grace is something that we cannot earn. And I want to tell you, foundationally, understanding God's grace is at the center of our faith. And when we know and understand the clear, complete understanding of, of grace here, it produces a strong, resilient, and joyful Christian. But if we don't understand God's grace, we know that we can be fearful, we can be weak, and we can be resentful. And certainly, many times we see our anger in even Christians' lives, and I believe it actually comes from the, the reality that they do not understand God's grace. And they're struggling in their work to try to perform. And like it might be called a performance treadmill and trying to gain, gain God's favor. I want to put you to rest today as far as what, not the distortions of what people believe and maybe even the enemy has whispered in your soul, but what God's Word says to you and to me, certainly. Maybe you grew up today in a home where grace was not extended. Maybe you grew up in a home where people, your parents maybe, even kind of unknowing to them that they said that you would never measure up, that you would never be good enough. Maybe you grew up in that type of environment. And, and certainly when we went to school, we know that sometimes kids can be vicious in, in our, our schools. And, and maybe they, you just felt like you didn't measure up with the little clique that met over here. You never really were able to join in. And maybe that was your experience here. And maybe your parents, in one way or another, for whatever reason, that they withheld praise and thanksgiving to you. And they didn't praise you. They didn't, they didn't have, applaud when you did good and, and so forth. And maybe even they thought that they had to keep these from you to be able that you would be able to understand the hard knocks of life and to be able to uh, to be able to endure through life. Maybe they wanted to kind of harden you because this old world it seems to harden us. Maybe you grew up in that type of home. But the other thing is and maybe that you were raised in a church to where, in one way or another, you, you, uh, God was not a, a God of grace and He was a, a God, a hard taskmaster. He, he required these things of you and, and that uh, if you didn't perform and so forth, you, you felt like you would be condemned and so forth. Maybe you grew up in that kind of a hellfire and brimstone type of preaching type of, of uh, environment that sometimes churches get into and certainly we know uh, that we know there is a hell and there is a heaven. But maybe you, you grew up and you didn't really know the love of God. Maybe that you were never taught that in your church. And maybe if you felt like that you just failed God one more time 
that God would reject you and He would abandon you. He would leave you forever. Maybe you grew up in that type of church environment today and you didn't really understand what grace was and what that mercy of the Lord was. And I want to share with you, I believe some things very revealing today as far as what grace is. It's very important here. And so we know these ideas produce people that feel like they're on a performance treadmill with God. They feel like that they can never gain God's approval no matter what they do, no matter how good they can be. Maybe they feel that way and, and all that. And maybe they're, they struggle with anger and fear and anxiety. And all these things seem to, to heap up on themselves on us. And we carry these loads and God never intended for us to carry these because Jesus came to set us free. A couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about the phileo love of God, the experiential love of God. We know agape. We know God loves me and this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus, we sing this song as little children as we remember that even into our adult years and so forth. But maybe we've never really encountered the love of the Father. Maybe we've never really uh, felt His love. You know, Jesus, we talked about at His baptism where the, the Spirit of God came down and when God spoke to Him and He says, this is My beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased and all. He needed the phileo touch of His Father there to understand. He was going through rejection and persecution. Eventually, would go to Calvary and hang on a cross and die for the sins of the world. But maybe in one way or another that you've never experienced that. God wants us to encounter His love. He wants us to know His love more than just head knowledge. If Jesus needed the approval of His Father, so do we. If Jesus truly knew that, that His Father loved Him in that way, is I believe we do also. So we need to ask for that encounter with the Lord to understand the depths of the Father's love for us. It sets us free. Addictions and habits and all of these other things that seem to creep in on us, even as Christians, is that God saying that He loves us and it's by My grace. Nothing we can do to any way to gain God's favor here. Because all the ways sometimes, again, that we've experienced or been taught or whatever, they are distortions of God's truth, not the reality of God's truth. And so the good news is that God's acceptance of us is completely unconditional. Unconditional. You don't have to do a thing for it. His love is offered freely and without cost. His favor towards us is given without respect to merit or demerit. His love is given to us whether or not we feel like it or not, or whether or not we just messed up a moment ago, or whether or not we're being good or we're doing bad or whatever we may perceive that to be or what measurement of uh, certainly ethical standing we have and so forth. It never changes whose God is towards us. It sets me free. No matter what that means and what is going on in my life, certainly. You know, we can never earn God's approval or His forgiveness. And the good news is we don't have to. That's the good news. Our behavior, good or bad, has absolutely no effect on God's attitude towards us. We can't cause Him to love us anymore by being good. And we can't make Him love us less by being bad. His love for us and His affection towards us and His acceptance of us are perfect and unchanged. Now that is good news. Because we know we all stumble and fall. The Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we know that, that certainly we can, we, in our own way, we can't measure up. But you see, you know, God's standard is too high for that, isn't it? But He's provided a way out here. And so you think about it. How is this possible? If He loves me, even when 
I'm far away from Him. I've not really kind of drawn close to Him. I've never paid any attention to Him, and yet He still loves me? How is that possible? And what about sin? Doesn't God care about sin? And certainly, yes, He hates sin. He hates sin in your life and my life, certainly. But He loves us in all of these things. But you see, the good news is that someone else has already suffered the penalty for our sin in our place. Someone else has already purchased God's forgiveness on our behalf. Someone else has already done everything necessary to earn God's favor for us. And that person is Jesus Christ. It's called the Great Exchange. We exchanged His righteousness for our sin. He took your sin and my sin and the sins of the world upon Himself when He went to Calvary. All of those sins. The great exchange. Isn't that a good... It is a great exchange. It's a great exchange because he's, he, he, somehow He exchanged our imperfections for His perfection. And you see, we're clothed in the robes of righteousness and when God looks in you and I, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, is that God sees us the same way He sees Jesus. The same way. And you go, how can that be? I just really messed up yesterday. It's because of Jesus. Someone else has taken the sin and the shame upon Himself. And we don't have to because we're not able to. We're not. Jesus came to take your sin and my sin upon His shoulders. The wonderful blessing there is Jesus has done it all here. You know, it's not about what we have done. It's about what Christ has done for each one of us. That's the blessing here. And that's why we don't have to worry about losing God's love. You know, God started this. God gave us amazing grace. How sweet the sound. He started it. And so we can't lose that. And some churches today teach that you can lose your salvation. Somehow, you know, you believe that maybe right before you die, that maybe a, a, a impure thought comes in your mind and you didn't get a chance to confess it and repent of it and that you're going to, to live apart from God when you take your last breath. That's not true. It's all grace. It's grace that saves us and it's grace that sustains us all throughout our whole lives. It's grace. You're great grace. It's not anything we can do to earn it. When God initiates it, he keeps us there in that place. And we'll talk about it in the next two weeks about how great that is too. But some wonderful blessings as far as understanding what grace is. It sets us free. Maybe some of you today are walking in condemnation. Maybe some of you maybe have strayed away from God. And you know in your hearts that you have. And you feel the knocking, the tugging of God's Spirit on your heart. And maybe you have, have wandered away. Maybe you've done something, I mean, it's just really, from far the world is concerned, horrible. And maybe somehow you're looking for freedom today. And you've turned into this particular streaming session, this message of, about your great grace. And I want to give you some assurance today that God Almighty loves you. And He wants you to come and be reconciled with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that He'll take all those sins away. He'll wash you in His pure, precious blood, the unblemished blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that today. And so I encourage you, listen close. Let the Spirit of God speak to you this morning as we share from His Word. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says when we talk about it as we read in Romans chapter 4. Now when a man works... His wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his face is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man 
to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. And then in Romans chapter 9, it reads, It does not therefore depend on God, man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Mercy means that we're not getting what we deserve. In God's mercy, He's not giving us what we deserve. As sinners, before we came to Christ, we deserve condemnation. We deserve judgment. We deserve to be cast out from the very presence of God forever and ever and ever. The Bible talks about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. He tells us in the darkness, utter darkness. But I believe in that utter darkness apart from God, that could be the worst, obviously, uh, loneliness and abandonment that you could ever imagine, knowing that we're cast out from God's presence forever and ever and ever. But see, the truth of the matter is, it doesn't have to be that way. You can come to Christ and believe in Him this very day. In Romans chapter 11, verse 6, And if by grace, then it's no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Grace is given to us freely. Grace is given to us without any type of payback there. It is free. God's gift to each one of us who will receive. Obviously, it couldn't be clearer really if you get down to it. Having a right standing before God doesn't depend on anything we do. Salvation is given apart from works. It doesn't depend on man's desire or efforts. It's not what I want or my effort to try, strive to try to gain salvation. It's by God's grace and His grace alone. Listen to this definition. It is God's free and unmerited favor shown to guilty sinners who deserve only judgment. It's free. It's free. God's free in unmerited favor. You cannot earn it. I cannot earn it. I cannot preach enough sermons to earn God's favor. I have God's favor. favor. Why? It's because somebody else has taken my place. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful blessing of knowing that. We're in right standing. Not because of anything that we've done. Certainly it's because of what Jesus has done. You see, the only qualification for receiving God's grace is to be completely unqualified. We're completely unqualified. It's the only qualification. <laughs> Did you get that? It's the only qualification, certainly here. And again, Romans 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let me give you an example here. I was thinking about this and I began to think of examples because, see, we could come up with examples right now. People that have done horrendous crimes, have murdered people. There's mass murderers that have been down through my lifetime and your lifetime, certainly. I thought of one that I, I remember there in the early 80s, and that was Carla Faye Tucker. If you remember, uh, she killed a couple people there and, and all went to prison as a result of it. And then through prison, I believe that there was a there's a change in her life and so forth. And that certainly was between her and the Lord. And eventually she was uh, executed. She was put to death. And then also, if you remember Ted Bundy back, he killed over 30 women there and he was put to death. People tried, I believe, to witness to him on death row and so forth. Don't know all the decisions that are being made and about that and all, but he killed a lot of people also. Look at the terrorists that we see around the world. Look at the terrorists today that maybe have come out and you've heard stories of their lives changing and so forth. But let me suggest something to you. If these that I have mentioned who are horrendous murderers, killers, and so forth, if they came to a saving knowledge 
of the Lord Jesus Christ before they died, what would you think? You'd think, well, my goodness, that's unfair. You'd think that somehow well, this person has done all these things and this person can now enter into the riches and glories of God's presence and so forth and, and be in heaven with, with all of us. Can you think of that? You think about that today. A lot of times we think of that because we see the seriousness of the crime and we know obviously there are consequences of that as far as our society and the laws and so forth. But we see that and we go, well, there's no hope for this person. There's no way this person can gain salvation through Jesus Christ. Look at me. I've kind of done pretty good throughout all my life, and I haven't killed anybody. And we begin to, begin to somehow compare ourselves with other people. And certainly, you know, it seems outrageous that anybody could go to heaven who's done these things and, and so forth. It does, doesn't it? Certainly. But when we respond that way, let me mention this. We show that we're finally starting to understand the radical nature of God's grace. I'm talking about the radical nature of God's grace. You see, grace isn't just a bit of help, a little assistance to make up the difference between what we're able to do and what God uh, requires. Grace isn't God giving us some credit for good intentions. And grace isn't for basically good and, and decent and moral people who happen to fall a bit short of perfection you, th- you see, grace isn't that, you see. Sometimes we think we're those people, don't we? We've fallen just a little bit short of God's standard and so forth. And you see, and you go, I, 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 I may never think of it this way, but maybe in a way subconsciously, I don't need God's grace. Yes, you do. You see, we come to God the same way. We're all deserving of His damnation. We are all deserving of His judgment apart from the grace of God. Every one of us. And sometimes we feel like in one way that we've fallen a little bit short and we just need a little bit of help to get over the finish line. No, let me tell you, it is grace, grace, God's grace. It's all grace in my life and grace in your life. Now that may give you hope today. You may feel like you have just sinned away the grace of God. That you feel like you have disappointed God for the last time and maybe He's turned away from you. I want to encourage you today. We all came to come the same way, certainly, don't we? Listen here as Paul speaks in uh, Romans chapter 3. As it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. Not one is righteous. There's no one who understands. No one who seeks God. Nobody. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. But now righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to who all, to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now listen to this. And are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. The bad news is we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The good news is we're all justified freely. Why? By His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the good news. And all who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe today, again, you haven't called. Call quickly to the Lord as He knocks at your heart's door. He's waiting for you to open that door. Until we understand that we have no advantage whatsoever over a Carla Faye Tucker or a Ted Bundy 
are the worst terrorists in the world when we come to God until we appreciate the depth of our own sin, until we recognize that we're just as deserving of anyone else of God's wrath and judgment, until we recognize the only thing we can do to claim before God is Jesus Christ and what He has done. And when we obviously and what we deserve, then we won't truly appreciate God's grace. Still doubtful? Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I am persecuted the church of God. He killed Christians. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Listen to this. Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ here. And Paul, I believe, was probably one of, if not the greatest theologian. Paul was the greatest church planner. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was called by God, was struck down by Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and he turned around. He had been persecuting the church. And here Paul is saying, I am the least of the least of these. Can you believe it? You know, Paul is not going through some type of depression at this point. He's not going through some type of false modesty at all. Certainly, he's tr not trying, you know, he, he's not exaggerating about this. He realizes his standing. He realizes and understands down in his heart of hearts about the grace of God. None of us can earn it. We all come the same way. The, the ground at the cross is all level. We all come the same way. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And but by the grace of God, certainly. And we would all go out into hell without Jesus Christ. But see, the good opportunity, the grace freely given to all who will believe and will call upon the name of the Lord. You see, Paul understood the depth of his own sins. He understood that he was just as deserving of judgment as any man alive. And so he understood that it was only by God's grace, God's undeserved favor, that he had not only was not only forgiven, but also given the high privilege of preaching the gospel to, to people. He understood that down in his heart of hearts. He never boasted. You remember Paul just said, if I boast, I'll boast in the Lord Jesus. I know I want to boast in the Lord Jesus. How about you? I want to boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing that I've done. And certainly we want to work and do the things God's called us to do and all, but not one bit of it gets uh, the approval of salvation from our God who is a holy God. We can never, ever... Come and redeem ourselves. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're redeemed by Jesus Christ. Need to understand. I remember years ago, I was asking God to show me my sin. And, and, all. and I don't know, I was praying about something and, and I asked Him to show me what sin looked like. And I remember it this day and I remember where I saw it exactly. And I remember how dark it was. How depraved it was. And so when you see people out there that are doing things that you can't understand that, that are maybe in the pits and, and are horrible as far as society is concerned in one way or another, and you see they're grieving the heart of God. Yes, sin in God's eyes is as black as can be. But you see, the blood of Jesus covers you and I. The redemption that Jesus came. He redeemed us from slavery of sin. And He took us... And He made us His own today. Isn't that good news? That's good news. 
I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was seeking the Lord and I was getting ready and didn't know it at the time, but things were happening for me to change as far as my calling, what God had for me, and ultimately my calling as a minister. And certainly God touched me a couple of mornings there in my living room. And I remember there as the Spirit of the Lord entered into that room and I lifted my hands up and I praised the Lord and tears were falling down my face. And I realized the reality that if I was the only sinner... If I was the only one who sinned, and I sinned throughout my life, that Jesus Christ would have still went to Calvary for me. He would still would have died if I was the only sinner in this world. And I realized how dark my sin was at that moment in time. But you know, the good thing about it is right behind that, I was revealed to me was the grace of God's forgiveness and His love for me. Right behind that darkness of that sin, God's grace was revealed to Jim Barcliffe. And I realized I was forgiven. And I realized that Jesus Christ had forgiven me and cleansed me of all that in my past. And God Almighty wants to do that in your life today. He wants to cleanse you. He wants you to know that you're forgiven of your sins. Jesus came for that very reason. Let me say something here. You know, because although many of us can accept that we need to rely on God's grace for our initial entry into salvation, many of us then start off and we try to maintain and sustain ourselves in God. We begin to work to keep our salvation. We begin to do these things. And we're not doing it because we love Jesus. We're doing it because we're striving to try to please, you know, again, that demanding taskmaster. We begin to, to we slip over into works and we forget that it, all of this stuff is grace. Grace. We'll get before God Almighty. And all we'll be able to say, thank you for your grace throughout my life. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. He says, he's talking to the Galatian, the church at the Galatian church here. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? See, we get into realizing we feel like, well, I've got to, I've got to carry this now. We kind of get a glimpse of grace and so forth. But now, in one way or another, we feel like we've got to work and, and, and kind of stay in there and hang in there. You see, everything is by the Spirit of God. Everything. God's grace is by the Spirit of God. Let me ask you a question about this. Do you feel more confident praying for something on a day when you've gotten up early in the morning and you've had a good prayer time and you've had a good uh, Bible study? Do you feel a little bit more confident? you feel like maybe God likes you just a little bit more? And, And obviously, when you're able to control your temper... Or maybe you don't have those thoughts that you've had, those impure thoughts you've had in your mind. Or maybe in one way or another, those those thoughts of revenge against someone who's hurt you. You feel a little bit better about yourself when you get up and you think in that way. You think, well, maybe God loves me today. Man, I had a good prayer time. I had a good Bible study today. Do you feel like you're a little bit more confident here? You know, maybe when you do some type of work for the Lord, maybe you feel a little bit more confident. Or maybe, on the other hand, does it feel as if you can sense God's disapproval, God's rejection? Maybe when you go for a week with you're not, you haven't prayed, or maybe throughout the day like you would want to, you've kind of committed to the Lord, you would pray throughout the day. And maybe you haven't prayed like maybe what you felt like you've been convicted of. Or maybe when you've yelled at your husband or your wife in one way or another, maybe you feel that and maybe God is disapproved. Let me tell you today, God still loves you. may not be He likes what you've done, but He still loves you because it's all grace. You can't earn His love. You cannot earn His favor. You cannot earn His grace because grace is unmerited favor. 
Sometimes we feel like, again, we move into the works and so forth. I feel a little bit better today. I've done all the things that I should have done and so forth. And God doesn't look at it like that because it's His great grace. His great grace, you see. Let me give you an example of this. Every week when I come in to share the Word of God, some weeks it seems like I feel very spiritual. Sometimes it feels like, man, I've got it together. And everything is clicking It's exactly what I feel like I want to share with the congregation again over this streamed message. Maybe sometimes I feel and I get up and so forth, but maybe sometimes I'm tired. Maybe sometimes I've had a rough week. I've been challenged. Maybe it's something sin in my life that I'm dealing with and I'm asking God to to remove, take it out, and I'm confessing to Him and I'm moving on and so forth. Maybe some way or another this is what's happening. Maybe in getting the sermon together that it just didn't click. It just didn't come together in one way or another. You know what I pray right before the service? It's something like this. Lord, You know. Obviously, please help me as Your instrument of blessing this morning. Not because I've earned it. Not because I deserve it. Because I don't. But just because You love me and You love these people, work through me. Work in spite of me. But reveal Your grace and Your mercy this morning for the sake of Your Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what I pray. You don't know the truth about it? Love the little secret? I pray that all the time. I don't know about you. Because see, I'm undeserving. I know. I know. I've seen that darkness of sin. I have experienced God's grace because God's grace found me and He pulled me out of sin. He pulled me. It doesn't mean that I don't still stumble and fall. It doesn't mean that I still don't sin. I stumble and fall. But I have a Savior I run to every time. I don't run away from I run to Him. When I don't feel up to the task, you see, there's a lot of times, and maybe you don't either. Maybe something you're facing today that really is a big challenge for you. You never thought you would face. And maybe you're saying, I really need to get my spiritual life back into line. I believe is right here. You're raised in the church, and maybe you got away, or maybe you've heard the word, or maybe at Christmas time, some kind, some type getting together and the love that's expressed and the gifts given at that particular time, and maybe a message about Jesus Christ was given, and, and your heart was warmed in one way or another. Today, you need to come back to the Lord. You need to receive and believe and walk with Him. You see, He's never turned away. If you look back over your life, I look back over my life, that I could have been taken out of this world, I think, many, many times. Times that I've seen, actually, before I came to the Lord. And I look back and I say, God, thank You. Thank You for not taking me out then. Because You could have. And you know what it is? It's God's grace. God's grace did not allow that to happen. You see... The wonderful thing is, there's a couple of benefits here. There are many benefits of understanding God's grace, but I want to mention two of them that I think are so important when we walk this journey called life. You see, first of all, grace gives us a tremendous freedom because we don't have to be pretend anymore. I can be myself around you. I can be myself around church folk. I can be myself around my family and so forth. I don't have to put up a wall. I don't have to try to act pious and so forth. Yes, I'm the pastor. And yes, but I don't have to be anybody by myself, you see, because it's all God's grace. It's every bit of God's grace. You know, I can let it all hang out. Isn't that good news? I can do those things. That's great news. I can let it all hang out. And certainly, we can be honest with one another and with God. We can stop expending so much energy to try to create an image. We don't have to anymore here. Trying to look good in other people's lives. And we can just be ourselves, our messy and perfect human selves. God loves us. 
in our messiness. He loves us, our imperfections. We won't be. When we get to heaven, we'll know. We'll see Him as He is. Right now, we know we've got issues. We know that we're faced with problems and challenges every day. This life is not easy. It doesn't get any easier, trust me. As you get older, it never gets any easier. And God is saying today, I love you and your mess. I love you because you are who you are. And you see, what He sees is the potential in you and me. He sees that today in each one of us. The potential in your life and my life of what certainly I can become. And you know the whole bottom line is is that He's making us more like Jesus Christ. And He's using trials and tribulations and and things, challenges in our life to, to sort of mold us into His image. He will do that. Sometimes it hurts. But God knows what He's doing. But He loves you. And He loves me in all our messiness. And so, we can stop pretending. The second thing here is so wonderful is that uh, we can extend grace to other people. <laughs> we all have different personalities. We all have little quirks. And, you know, you can ask others about me. I've got plenty of them. Maybe you do too. But we don't have to, any way. We don't have to judge anybody else. We can allow people to be who they are. We can extend the same grace to other people that He's extended to us. We may not like what somebody else does or the way they do it or the way they say it or the way it works out in their lives, but we don't have to somehow think that we've got to come in and correct a situation in every occasion because that person's experiencing God's grace just like you and me. Isn't that good news? That's a blessing and a benefit here. We don't have to worry about whether or not we're getting what we deserve here. We deserve damnation. We deserve condemnation. We deserve, with part from the blood of Jesus, apart from Jesus' shed blood, to be cast out into the utter darkness apart from God. Because He's a holy God. And I'll never measure up apart from being clothed and robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's good news. And maybe that's where you are today. And I want to stop for just this moment. Maybe in one way or another, you feel like you have blown it past that point of no return. And maybe you're watching this and you're saying that, you know, Jim, you just don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But God does. And God's there with you right now. He is with us always. He never leaves us and He never forsakes us. And that's the Word of God. That is truth. Hebrews 13.5. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And He wants you to know that today. And He hasn't forsaken you. When you went through that bad marriage... Or maybe you went through that time where you felt like you had betrayed the Lord and maybe you betrayed, betrayed other people. He was right there with you. And He's right there with you today. And He wants you. And He wants you to turn to Him and to seek Him and open your heart to Him. The good news is He's there and He'll never turn away. Why? Because of His amazing grace. Maybe you're thinking today that... All these things have fallen on you. Maybe there are consequences to our actions, certainly. Maybe today you feel like that God has abandoned you. He has betrayed you. Maybe you're angry with God and you feel like by being with angry, it actually stacks on one another and thinking that no way you can come back to God because you're angry with Him. You see, our God is bigger than that. Run to Him today. And give your life to Him. Give your life to Jesus and say, I know you love me. You see, again, it's not based upon anything we can do or not do. It's based upon that someone, that some person, His name is Jesus, 
who went to Calvary and died for your sins and died for my sins. A lot of people today, you know, they sort of look at a preacher and they think, man, he's got it all together. Everything is all right with him. I mean, come on, look at this man of God as sometimes we're labeled in that way. Everything is fine and so forth and all. Let me tell you, I face the same things that you do. I come the same way to God just like you do when I cry out for His help and I cry out for His forgiveness and I cry out for Him to come and give me that grace that He so freely gives. When you ask for God's grace, you're asking for His favor and you have that as you open your heart to Him to somebody else has died in your place. That's good news, church. That's wonderful news. That's that great exchange that theologians talk about. Believers, the great exchange. You know, Matt Redmond's song, and I'll read it to you. The words are uh, so powerful. And I'll read these words to you. And the title of the, of the song is Your Grace Finds Me. It's there in the newborn cry there in the light of every sunbeam, there in the shadow of this light, your great grace. It's there on the mountaintop. It's there in the everyday and the mundane. It's there in the sorrow and the dancing, your great grace, oh, such grace. From the creation to the cross, then from the cross into eternity, your grace finds me, yes, your grace finds me. It's there on the wedding day. It's there by the weeping by the graveside. There in the very breath we breathe, Your great grace. The same for the rich and poor. The same for the saint and for the sinner. Enough for this whole world, wide world, Your great grace. Oh, such grace. Now read that last. The same for the rich and the poor. The same for the saint and for the sinner. Enough for this whole wide world. Your great grace. Oh, such grace. Your grace finds me. And maybe today again that you're sensing that God is reaching out His hand to you and His great grace for you and your family. And maybe somehow you're a mom or a dad of children who have strayed away from the Lord, have, have gone out and gotten into the world and, and they've gotten into all this stuff and you've been praying. And you're asking God that He would intervene. I believe that intervention is coming right on the way because of God's great grace. God's great grace. Oh, such grace. God's grace. It's unmerited favor. His grace is for you and for me and the whole wide world. There's somebody watching right now that haven't made it, they haven't made a decision. You have not made a decision for Jesus Christ. You've been, you've been searching and there's been a tugging at your heartstrings. And you know, even this message today, maybe God has spoken to you and, and is tugging at your heartstrings to say yes to Jesus. Don't put it off any longer. Say yes to Jesus. You can bow your hearts and I'll pray this prayer for you today. You can pray along with me. 
and ask Jesus. Father, we come to You today in the precious name of Jesus. We thank You, Lord, that You sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for our sins. And He arose from the grave on the third day. He lives forevermore. We believe that today, Lord. But Lord, we know in my heart there's a guilt of sin and there's a guilt of shame that's there. And we're asking You, Lord Jesus, to come into our lives and to save us this day. Come into our hearts and be our Lord and our Savior and forgive us of all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our iniquities. Come in, Lord. Wash us clean. And take this sin and shame away from us, dear Lord, that we're carrying and we're trying to bear up under that has become such a weight that, Lord, it's unbearable. Come in, Lord Jesus. We want You as our Lord and our Savior. Thank You. Thank You for salvation that comes through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Someone who's, who is, uh, in one way or another, has asked that question. Maybe today, if you need a prayer request, please, you can contact us and uh, here at Lighthouse Fellowship. You can get on the website, look at the website. Anyway, we can help you. We're working a food pantry. We're getting ready to uh, serve uh, first responders on Monday night here in Lake City uh, and others, EMS and first responders, uh, to uh, feed them in the middle of the night. They get hungry, and they're obviously going the extra mile. And so be in prayer for the ministry here at Lighthouse Fellowship. In any way you would like to help this ministry there, you can go to our website at uh, lighthousefellowship.info and you can connect with the Lighthouse Fellowship of Friends and uh, you can help with this ministry. And I just believe God for great things in your life and the lives of those that are hearing the message of Christ this day. May Jesus be forever praised. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Thank you. I'll see you next week with unlimited grace. And then the next week, transforming grace. It's going to be good. And I'm glad you joined us today. Thank you. And have a great day in the Lord. Amen.